Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the USL show oh, no. brought to you by our, uh, our friend over at uh, Roughneck Scarves, which is your home for uh, MLS, USL, national team scarves, as well as for uh, your club or personal use. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. Uh, this is also being produced and brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts, which is, well, a podcast network that we're very happy to be a part of. Um, so hi to Mike Sparks. Thank you for uploading this. And uh, check all of the 9 million, roughly, podcasts that exist, bgn.fm, uh, on the interwebs, as well as at the bgn.fm on the Twitters. You can also check out the, uh, the written side of things at USL News on Twitter um, for some really good stuff there. I am your host, as always, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, Evan Valella, joined by uh, sometimes my soccer colleagues, sometimes my soccer acquaintances, but they are always my soccer friends. And for the next, we'll call it an hour, hour 15, we're going to talk about the uh, first week of the USL playoffs for the first time in this iteration of this show's existence. So that's exciting and also a mouthful. Introducing first, uh, the man that puts the show in show notes, it is our non-international international correspondent, Ryan Allen. Ryan, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you, Evan? I'm I'm good. I'm very glad I got through that whole thing without effing up once. So, um, that was a success. Also joining me, it's the cream in your Irish coffee, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Phil Grimps. Good evening. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty That's good. good. That's good. Had a road trip and missed a lot of the playoffs last weekend. So fair. I mean, I I suppose in your case that wasn't the worst thing to miss, but right. we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, also joining us, it is uh, the best parts of Elliot Smith and Chuck Polinick condensed down into a podcast form. The the biggest man on the show, Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. Greetings. Hi, Kev. Hi, Evan. Hello, everyone else. There you go. Very pleasant. And, uh, and also joining us this week, finally, after begging and pleading with him for about two months, uh, I... I could say about 20 minutes worth of things about uh, my dear friend Kyle Kepner, but I will just say that literally if uh, any of us hadn't met him, we all wouldn't be here. Um, so I, I think I'll just leave it at that. If you've followed any form of lower tier American soccer coverage at all in the last four or five years, you probably know who Kyle is. But welcome back, man. This is formerly your show and now it's not. So now you're a guest. How's it feel? It's uh, it's great. I yeah. appreciate your persistence and uh, the flattery behind it. Mm -hmm. um, had a lot of fun on the show in the past, and that uh, introduction was beyond uh, what I what I deserve. Thank you, anyways, for no your worries, man. kindness in all forms. Not a problem. Anytime. It was good because I told you that I couldn't wait for your intro, and then you tried to get me to tell it to you in advance, and I just refused. So there you go. Now you know. Not as painful as I imagined. <laughs> well, then I did it wrong. We have to start over. Yes, guys, because um, <laughs> that'll be worth our time. Before we get into the uh, the playoffs and what a week it was, let's uh, let's bang out some news real quick. So the big one, um, I th I think it happened the middle of last week, towards the end of last week, or maybe the week before. Um, Eric Winalda announced as the technical director slash manager of Las Vegas Lights FC. Um, Pablo Mora, uh, Mor Maurer, Mor I don't know how to say his last name, at MLSist on uh, the Twitter, said 100% uh, certainty and, and basically tweeted it as a fact that they actually asked uh, Landy Cakes, Landon Donovan, first, which would have been uh, uh, fascinating. But uh, they settled on Eric Winalda. 
Um, which is a strange one. Anyone with initial thoughts, feel free. I'm curious if anyone thinks this is going to make them like more respected, like they go a different direction next year, or if this is like adding to the circus. I, wait, are they going for respect? Uh, the, nothing's really... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ronaldo has been like a decent coach in a respectable, you know, club. No, no, I'm I'm talking about Vegas in general. Like they are just like the city. They want to be the show. Like they're not mm-hmm. respect. I don't think is is uh, a key foundational aspect here. Well, I think with this hiring, maybe it's saying they're going to try to go a different direction next year. I, I guess that's what I'm asking. Does anyone think that that is it? This is a change. I guess Ke- Kev is voting no. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Ryan, any thoughts? Um, I guess it's just interesting that it kind of adds on to the circus with Las Vegas. I mean, time will tell if how it turns out to be, but if you're looking at past history from uh, Winalda and the clubs he's managed prior to this, he coached the LA Wolves via Skype, and he had um, two stints with the Atlanta Silverbacks, one as an interim manager and one is like the full time for the season, neither of which ended in the playoffs for the NASL. So it'll just it'll be interesting to see where like the players he brings in for the club. Hmm. I, I think the real question is like is he going to Skype in his training sessions, his coaching, or is he is he actually going to be in Vegas and actually going to be the coach? Surely he's going to be there. I mean you gotta be there. Cap any thoughts? You know, I met Eric very briefly last year, and from what I've heard, I can say that he has at least the potential to be a really solid manager. And this is, I think we can agree, probably the most legitimate shot he's gotten. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I agree with a lot of what's already been said. This is um, this is a risk for a lot of clubs, not so much for Las Vegas, who enjoys the attention. And Winalda, for um, for many reasons, has not had a, a shot of this magnitude yet. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's a good match, and I'm interested to see how it goes. Uh, not least because I really do believe that he has a lot of uh, tools, a lot of great insight to offer as a coach if he gets the right situation. Not to mention, I imagine Vegas is willing to put out money for players. So obviously he has lots of friends in in the soccer business. So uh, I'd be interested to see who he brings in on top of his soccer smarts. You know, it could be really interesting if they take it totally seriously. Maybe even a mix of serious and circus is is interesting as well. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. The only thing that kind of weirds me out is if you're only two, again, reported, we don't know how many people they really talk to. But uh, if your only two coaches that you interviewed were Landon Donovan with uh, zero coaching experience and Eric Winalda, who hasn't what coached a team in well a year and a half, two years, um, and even then, who doesn't have a lot of experience, you know, like a um, you know, you'd at least give like Caleb Porter a shout, maybe, or something like that. I, I just don't know if they really tried as hard as they could have or should have, maybe to. Um, find the right coach and, and and GM that you know maybe would have made more sense for the guys that they have now. But regardless, we'll we'll see what happens when it happens. I suppose. 
I will say Donovan has managed one game. He managed the um, MLS All Star or his uh, homegrown game in 2015. That I was I'm so glad you said in, that. It's Colorado or in Colorado. That makes well then. I was actually at that match, so that's why it resonates enough. I was so, really afraid I was going to be the only one to say, actually. <laughs> Thank you for mansplaining the MLS homegrown game to me. Uh, I needed that. I love sentences anyway. that begin with the word actually. Mm. <laughs> I, I think it's, I it's it's a combination of a couple things. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like to make fun of Vegas because they're it's just it's fun to make fun of them. But yeah. I mean, they still like it's it's entertaining overall what right. they do. Um, and you know, I, I look at it like the timing of the announcement, you know, trying to make some, some, make some waves, right. As, as a playoff start, Hey, don't forget about us. Even though we didn't make the playoffs. Hey, look over here, over here, over here. You know, they like to be in the center of their show. Now, now, well, the, you know, whatever, I don't really have too many problems with him. Um, I think he's, he's got a good soccer mind. So like Kyle said, if this is the right situation for him, get him like an actual chance. And if he actually is like physically there and coaching, you know, it could be a great thing for him and for Vegas. Um, but I still, but if they're, if they only looked at those two guys, maybe they did look at more, maybe, but again, it's just, they just want, they just want the attention. Hopefully it works out for them, but it's still like the timing of it, who they picked the whole shebang just is like, it's an attention mm. getter. Mm. And I mean, you know, like everything else they've done this year, it worked. So yeah. True. That's true. Can't blame him for that. Uh, speaking of managerial news, in a departure, Colin Clark uh, is now the former manager of North Carolina FC. Um, announcement came down uh, what today, yesterday. Wait for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a disappointing season really for for North Carolina um, to not get into the playoffs, and I, I think a little bit of uh, what fan base restlessness might have aided this um but yeah as of uh, the 17th of october i'm sorry that was uh, early last week uh north carolina will go in a different direction so we'll see who that'll be uh i'm sure it'll be a, a bit of a longer search um and they might interview a couple guys internally i don't know who they have you know in the wings but um guys was it time for a move for north carolina I would say so. Most of it, it seemed like most of the fan base that, despite their successes in certain matches, as six-two over Charlotte, definitely one match that sticks out in winning the Southern Derby the first time. You know, anyone a team not named Charleston has won in the past three years is definitely a good starting point. But the ultimate goal should always be the playoffs, and North Carolina is a large enough club that they should at least shoot for the playoffs every year. There's definitely a kind of Clark out faction that kind of formed around the supporters. You just kind of got restless after little bit and it seemed like even an appearance in the playoff might have costed uh, Clark his job unless they ended up winning in that first round. I liked I always you know I've said it a million times I've always liked the way they play but they've been very inconsistent and so you know maybe they'll get more of a practical guy in there and have a more normal brand of soccer but you know they were trying to do something pretty out there it just yeah. didn't work out this year and and if the fans are uneasy, you understand because I mean the women's side is doing so well, so maybe that's right. part of it too. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, their record this year: thirteen wins, eight draws, thirteen losses. Goal differential plus ten. Finished in ninth place on forty-seven points, which was two behind uh, Nashville, who they would have had tiebreak over, and Indy Eleven, who they actually would have had on goal differential. So, 
um, you know, two or three more points throughout the season, and they're in a lot better shape than they uh, than they finished this year. I don't know how long he was there. Does anyone know how long he was there? So if this is the second or third year in a row, people have been disappointed, then that's a little more understandable too. Well, they were they were in the NASL, so I can understand them just being disappointed in general. But yeah, he's been um, since 2011 to 2018. Okay, okay. So. there we go. They know what they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, right? I mean, the the thing with like uh, North Carolina missing the playoffs by just a hair, like you mm. can say that about like you know almost a half dozen teams across the league. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think you know this season was a really good, enjoyable season for you know, and there were a lot of teams that came really close, and you know, like you could you can say that about almost any team any season, but there were a lot of teams out there that just like just one, two results could have gone our way, and the, you know the playoffs are a whole different picture. So. Mm. Just to throw a stat out there, uh, sorry, Ryan, <laughs> 91, 84, and 58 over his seven years there. So, Win, loss, draw, or win, draw, loss? Win, draw, loss, I believe. Okay. So. Still, like, on the good side. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you why, can do a lot worse. Yeah. Why can't we just have, like, a, an international, like, let's keep it the same. Make it, pick one. Is it win, draw, loss, or win, loss, draw? Mm, yeah. yeah. Stick with it. Should always be win draw loss. Should always be win draw loss. I agree. Get on board, world, all of you. Hey, uh, in an effort to really be the USL in its in its entirety, show, um, Kyle, aren't you glad you didn't have to deal with any of this? Two USL League One news stories. Uh, the ninth founding club is going to be announced this Thursday. Which, if I pull up my calendar here, let me get you a date on that one. Twenty fifth of October. Um, it's either probably going to be Lansing or the California team. Probably. I'm only so, Lansing. Yeah, I, I'm imagining that the USL League One boys will be smitten with the mitten come the 25th um, and be in Michigan. How long have you been working on that? Oh my God. How long? I've, I've known that that's like their phrase, that you're smitten <laughs> with the mitten. I've just, oh, okay. I've just not had a good reason to pull it out, really. Alicia's going to love this episode. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, you guys laugh. I can't wait. Aaron, put that in the in the hashtag if you guys it's are going endearing. out there. It's endearing. It makes me like all Michiganders. Yeah, and they put cheese on the inside of the hamburger. <laughs> That's what they should be called. The Lansing, we put cheese on the inside of the hamburgers. That just makes me not want to eat hamburgers. <laughs> wow. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're turning down a perfectly good food stuff because they put the cheese on the inside. I don't understand. Remember when Papa John's put the pepperoni on on the under the cheese? Remember when their owner was really racist? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what were we soccer? Right, sorry. Smitten with the mitten. Go right. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wine and then skip. Oh, just just reel that back in. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be good. Stay tuned on that one. Um, we don't know a whole lot about it other than, hey, there's a team coming in on Thursday. That'll be their ninth. Uh, and then if that rumored California club comes in, that'll be number 10. So, um, yeah, I that's not a terrible number, but I imagine they would love to get to 12. But we'll see um, what happens when we get there. The uh, <laughs> other news, uh, Chattanooga. The Red Wolves, which is such a good team name. I like it a lot. 
looking to build their spot their soccer specific stadium this <laughs> soccer specific stadium for 2020 um which they'll join georgia tormenta as the uh, uh sorry nope they won't greenville triumph it's like i can't read I mean, is, uh, you are around a tormenta there they are building their own place as well oh cool all right so i'm not wrong so it'll be uh georgia chattanooga and greenville with uh intentions at least to build their own soccer specific stadium uh red wolves will play at david stanton field for the first season uh it's high school football stadium artificial surface just so you know but uh yeah good move from them to to try to get a soccer specific to uh it just makes things a lot easier if you just own your own field really yep and it, it makes you more profit the profitability i guess is right. a way to say that is is much better um for lots of reasons so it seemed like what they did was that they actually considered Fenley for a little bit, but that Fenley had basically written in their contract the same thing they have with Chattanooga FC there, that they wanted to um, take profits off of um, concessions and the luxury boxes, and that was something that the club didn't want to go for, so mm. they felt building their own place was the better route. Well, and wasn't there weren't there issues as far as people thought they were going to steal that stadium from Chattanooga FC and that that was going to negate the possibility of them playing a season i think that was part of it as well but i don't know if that was ever really like proven yeah like anything other than people you know making noise and assume i mean you know as right as they were because you know you don't have to think too hard about that for that to make sense but i don't think that was ever um logistically on the table yeah and people thought up some more clauses on top of that so i yeah. you know nothing was solid but that was the first thing that stuck out to me is that there is no contention there by the looks of things now. So. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I agree. What do we got next? Uh, Kyle, Eastern Conference or Western Conference? That is a difficult one, let me tell I you. Know. I think you should flip the pin again. Did you, ever watch, did, you, did you ever listen to this show when, when I was on it? I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, my knowledge of the Eastern Conference hasn't improved, let me say that. <laughs> the good news is that it's still consistent with us. I am going to flip the uh, the Talking Jacks uh, pin. Uh, I will I will uh, actually make up my mind as what means what. If, if this lands uh, with Ben and Alex's face uh, down, we'll go Western Conference, given that they are both in Charlotte. And uh, if it ends face up, we'll do Eastern Conference. Here we go, actually flipping it. Audible noises. Face down, Western Conference it is. It's two for two. Evan, isn't it weighted wrong for it to be, you know, 50-50 split? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Someone send me a coin. <laughs> a Talking Jacks one. I need, well, no, I need like an official USL. Do we do midfield coin flips in this league? Just send me one of those. <laughs> I think Bro. they do give them to whoever flips them. I saw that at a St. Louis game. It was like really? a one and the guy got it. I have a Timber's Army coin, but I only have one. So I can no, it's all right. Any. You can keep that. That's that's fine. I don't want it to have any sentimental value, really. I just need a you know coin. Uh, Canadian, American, uh, Mexican. I don't really care where it's from. Anyway, uh, Western Conference. Uh, we'll start with the. I suppose we'll just start with a one v eight. Orange County SC four, St. Louis FC nil. Uh, I will say this not ideal to give up a goal in the 11th minute then go down a man in the 21st minute um but if i'm orange county right now i'm pumping the brakes a little bit because you know granted you can only beat who's in front of you but 
your path in was a lot easier than I'm going to say just about every other team <laughs> this week for sure. I'd say so. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, I watched most of this out of solidarity um, did that. because you you didn't. But, man, uh, really rough turnover for that first goal for Michael Seaton, who had himself quite the game with a hat trick. He scores in the 11th, the 29th, the 64th, and then uh, Mats Bierman scores against his former team mm-hmm. in the 66. Tony Walls gets the red card at 21 for uh, descent. And uh, that's the end of St. Louis's playoff run. It was a straight red for descent, right? It was. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's impressive. With, without, uh, Phil, to blow up your spot, without saying what happened, mm-hmm. out of respect for everybody involved, uh, from Tony Wall's account, that's never a red card. Right. Yeah. Um, really hard done for it. that to be a red. Yeah. We know what happened. Especially that early. And I think as Evan said nicely or perfectly before and when we were talking to each other in a messenger, uh, it's not a topic that like five white dudes from mostly from the suburbs should talk about uh, extensively. But I think what is fair to talk about um, is that I don't know. I don't see any reason to give a straight red for, for this exact thing. And and I don't know, you know, I don't know the rep, so maybe his personal experience comes into this, or maybe I, I doubt there's any kind of solid rule yeah. on, on anything like this as far as referee pro. But I would say, like, Tony was shocked, like, why didn't I get a warning? Or at worst, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But no. And then on top of that, what I thought Pony brought up, um, I thought today or yesterday he tweeted about this, I thought was kind of perfect, like, Perhaps both guys should be going off for what happened. You know, if, mm. if someone's going off for just dissent for saying some things, um, the other guy like tackled some from, from behind. You know, kind of messed with them on purpose, said a few things on top of that, um, and he got nothing but a yellow. So I was, I pers- I'm, I'm obviously very biased, but I think it was handled very badly, and I think that's fair to say. And I don't know if anyone would terribly disagree with that. Um, and the worst thing is that it happened in a playoff game on top yeah. of the twentieth minute. I really my big is that it's descent, and it's a like if this was you know Tony Walls puts his foot through a dude's chest, no problem, right? Like, but this is Tony Walls says something not terribly nice and gets a red card in the twenty-first minute. You know, like I. A part of me feels like whenever you see guys get a yellow for descent, they're chirping the ref the entire game, and it's a second half thing, and it's a yellow card. So, yeah, um, you know, credit to Orange County for going through. I don't think they would have lost anyway, and obviously they gave up a goal to Michael Seaton eleven minutes in, um, you know, as a gift. So I don't know if things would have gotten any better for St. Louis, but this certainly didn't help. Um, and they had already given a goal up, as you right. said. So yeah. it was already not looking good for St. Louis because that's kind of how they roll. Let the other people score first. It's kind of difficult for them. Mm-hmm. So not saying it would have changed anything, but I, I still just don't care for the way it was handled. Kevin. To be honest, I actually love OC, and they're actually my second favorite team in the West. I'm kind of going to root for them for the rest of the time. Just maybe not Seton. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyone else with thoughts on this one? How was OC good? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah, Ooh, hey, Kyle, since you've hosted a podcast, uh, Orange County, not only not called the Blues anymore, um, actually good at soccer. Well, they won the West, what was it, two years ago? Right. And, and and even then I was shocked. Yeah. They're, just, they're just, I can say this, right? They're kind of a train yeah. wreck behind the scenes. Um, just a, a lot of, did you guys already talk about, I'm sorry if I missed it, you please tell me that you discussed that, uh, that, uh, blockchain guy taking over the Twitter. That was fun. Yeah, we, we, that's we, the kind we, of thing that happens. Full of Eighteen hours without yeah. their account. Winning a playoff game for nothing, even under these circumstances, is not what I expect from OC. And it's just, it's a little bit difficult to take. I would love to have seen St. Louis up there instead. Um, like, uh, that's all I got. Orange County is like if if you grow up with someone and you don't see each other for like ten years, and then you randomly get dinner. And you're just two completely different people. And you might as well just be talking to them for the first time ever. That's the best way I can describe what OC Blues were and what Orange County SC was. Also, a side note um, to Orange County. uh, The team, not the county. Um, Why is there, like, no orange in your logo? Oh, there is now. That's fair. The Blues blues always Yeah. I don't know. I, I just bit too on the nose. Yeah, it was maybe like a secondary logo. They should use Lauren Conrad. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, I always, I always thought it looked like a carrot. The whole thing. I just, <laughs> I see carrots in the That's logo. Fine. That's what I see. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, moving on, the two versus the seven. Sac Republic one. Swope Park Rangers two. Uh, Sacramento start things off. Villian Bajev scores in the 16th minute. And then uh, for Swope Park, Juan Cousin scores in the 27th with Haji Berry scoring in the 31st. And Swope Park for the next round. Swope doing their yeah. thing, bringing up those uh, talented players for the last several games and, and the then fun in the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's what they do every year. They could go all the way with the with the team they have. They're very good. I think a lot of times you can get really lucky by like pressing their back line because they uh, refuse not to pass out of the back. And uh-huh. and a lot of teams have had success in that. But if they if they get the ball forward and they connect too many passes, they're gonna score one out of four of those situations at least. Sometimes right. in that. So they're talented. They're three attackers up top, and then a couple of their midfielders are all dangerous. Mm-hmm. Isn't a Cousin like eighteen as well? I think he's eighteen or nine. He's nineteen, I think now. But it's at least the second year in the league, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got some time with MLS, and um, he's a left-footed kid. He's I, twenty. Uh, he is twenty. Oh wow! So he's September fourteenth, nineteen ninety-eight. He had a good free kick in, against the Galaxy, and I didn't know he had that in his toolbox. It was really good. Mm. Yeah, no, he's he looked sharp. Ice in his veins, especially if he had to go in, in his first, I imagine, playoff. Uh, appearance, maybe a second. No, Swope just kind of does their thing. They're looking to get back to the Western Conference final for the third year in a row and defend their uh, Western Conference title that they've won now two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> That's fair. Know. There's a couple teams that, that I would I'm ahead of them in terms of winning the West this year. So, yeah, definitely. I'd, they're not the team that they were last year because they're not the four seed, which they did 
in their previous two uh, title wins. I appreciate that, Ryan, but I was just being a homer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan's great because he'll power th through us just bigging up our own teams. <laughs> it's admirable. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, two-seed Sacramento Republic probably didn't want to lose this, but, you know, um, that's why you got to play a whole 90 minutes. I don't know. Well, all this uh, happened in the first half, so, I mean, you had... Yeah, I mean, you have to play a full 45, I guess. I don't know. No, either way. Yeah. I don't know. The uh, the three versus six in the West, Phoenix Rising three, Portland Timbers two, nil. Uh, Didier Drogba at 40, proving he might as well be 25 with yeah, an insane free kick goal. Uh, Kyle, you were there. I was there. The goal was good. It was on target, it but was. Uh, Kevin most, and I had a discussion pregame. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Kendall McIntosh gets there and punches it over the, over the stadium. To, to be fair, I think Pac... Well, okay, so yes, it was a really good goal. I've watched it over and over again and, and, and absolutely hats off to Drogba. Drogba. But uh, <clears throat> as soon as the line, line out, lineup came out and I saw it was Austin Pack, I was like, well, <laughs> I'll get, we'll get one playoff that game and that's going to be it. Yeah, but... It it was right at the keeper because mm. Austin did not have to move hardly, but it was with such mm. power. He's such a green, inexperienced keeper. I don't think he had any idea like what was coming at him until it hit him, and it was it it because it almost looked like it pushed him back before he was even able to like try to push it up over the bar. But he just pushed it up into the roof of the net. Yeah, I think the pace is what got him more than the placement, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was in the right spot, but it was just, like, too much power, wasn't expecting, you know, I think, like, an, a shot coming right at him with that kind of speed, and he was just like, ah, and then just pushed up in the net, and, like, and that's that. And if you think we're crazy, if you think you saw that free kick during the game, and you're like, you're, they're crazy, that was one of the best free kicks I've ever seen, look for the angle where the camera's right behind Drogba, and then you see that it's not quite as far into the corner as, as I initial thought. Initially. And honestly, a part of me wonders if Drogba knows that he has that green of a keeper and goes, oh, I'm just going to hit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got to. I mean, the, the dudes, I'm sure that they like look at the lineups and stuff and kind of expect... Like, okay, well, you know, if, if McIntosh has to stay with the first team because the first team keepers are still injured mm. and they're they're on their second team, their second string keepers starting, their third string keepers backing up, and their first, I guess their fourth string keeper for T2 is injured, so now they got to go to their fifth string. It's, uh, you know, you're kidding. And then, and then I guess we got a 16-year-old academy keeper on the bench to back right. up back. Yeah. So we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel there on keepers, and he has to have known. He's like, hmm, I've never heard that name before. Let's just let's shoot. And I was telling Kyle, I'm like, the poor guy, Like, I feel bad for him because as soon as he lets in a goal, I'm pretty sure his confidence is going to get shot, yeah. and it'll be a multi-goal loss. And sure enough, I mean, T2, to, to their credit, I think really put up a great fight for about 60 minutes. Mm. You no, know, I mean, the Drogba free kick, amazing goal aside, they really did, I think, pretty well. And, and yeah. was it? You, put up a good challenge, good fight. Um, but then it was the Phoenix finally got back in the game. The last 30 minutes was the, the deserved team won and went through with pretty, pretty easy. 
Well, I thought about your comments on Pac throughout the game, and I stood behind him during the second half, and the supporters were just giving him all they had. And I swear I could see him smiling through the back of his head practically. He was <laughs> he was taking it pretty well. That's good. And he, he stood up, and I, this is not super characteristic of Jason Johnson, for thankfully for Phoenix fans, but Johnson had a 1v1 with him that was just, I mean, icing, ribbons, and bows. It was absolutely gift-wrapped for Johnson, and he just, he just misses. It was practically an open net, and he misses. Yep. That, that would have made it 2-0. He later made it 2-0, but I was just thinking, okay, okay, okay. This could have, this could have gotten a, out of hand for this keeper, but he's doing okay. Uh, and the, uh, the two goals that he let in later, I mean, they were, they were no-win situations for a keeper. The, the defense lets the guys into the box like that. It was um, difficult for him. But yeah, I mean, overall, a, a strong win for Phoenix. A good bounce back from the previous week's loss to T2. Um, and yeah, Kyle, do you need to get out of here? I got a minute. I do want to say All right, fair enough. that the uh, yeah. the Rangers coming to town will be interesting. Um, definitely nice for the Phoenix fans to see that rematch from last year's playoffs. Here on their own home turf, um, the atmosphere on Friday night was incredible. And as a fan uh, living in this city for uh, for as long as I have, it was just a, a really, really great night. Uh, spoke with a lot of the staff and the ownership, and they were just on cloud nine about how everything went. So um, this coming Friday should be just as good. Man like Kyle out there rubbing elbows with a certain bassist from a uh, punk pop band that was very popular in the early 2000s who I quite enjoy. So, um, I, want, I want two things. Hold on. I want to say two things. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so one, like if, if you're going to win one of the two games between Phoenix and T2, you guys won the right game. Mm, and then second... Yeah. Please go out and beat Swope Park. I don't want. I don't want them to make it to the final. A nightmare. A nightmare final for me. And Pony also said this would be Cincinnati versus Swope Park, and I don't want to see it. So just knock them out and keep going. Okay. Okay. I'll make sure everybody hears this. <laughs> Tell everybody you know. You know. Just really be like, hey guys. I'm I'm sure Sam was like, no, we're not going to worry about the next game. And then, oh wait, Kevin wants us to win. Oh, now we better do it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the guy I talked to, or the other one? They have similar names. I get them confused all the time. Door. Oh no, I I, I was being Sam. I thought he oh. would get you and I confused because we're oh, Kevin yes. and Evan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, never mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, if you do run into uh, the bassist of your favorite. Uh, pop punk. I didn't say my band. favorite. I said a successful. No, they're my favorite. Oh, fair enough. And then right, well. Do what I do. Say, I'm sure you get this all the time. <sighs> my kids are huge fans. Oh, dude. I'm sure you get this all the time. I would have liked to marry Ashley Simpson as well. <laughs> that didn't come up. Okay, well, shame. She seems nice. Like, I'm sure you get this all the time. I named my kid after a Disney character. Oh, did he do that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had a kid named Mo- Mowgli or whatever, so that's fun. Oh, not Aladdin? Yeah. All right. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Unfortunately. Not Jafar. Um, <laughs> I'll stop. <clears throat> anyway, more soccer games were played. Imagine. Uh, in a week where there was only eight of them, we're doing a terrible job. Uh, 
Number four, Real Monarchs, SLC, nil. Number five, Reed FC, a lot of numbers this week. One, uh, Brian Brown stoppage time goal. Thanks for that. And the four seed, Monarchs, go down the arena. Surprising? I was surprised this was such a low-scoring game. I thought this would be a bit of a shootout based on what the teams have the ability to do, but it wasn't. It wasn't like the most amazing goal to win the game, but it did it. It got him to the next round. I mean, it counts, right? Sure does. About two or three weeks ago, I would have been like, well, this is hands down an easy game for Reno, but Salt Lake City, they started, the Monarchs started to kind of put things together those last two games. Mm. Yeah, and um, it w- I was thinking, okay, maybe it'll be a little bit more of a challenge. But you know, in the end, I think the the team that probably has done better, especially recently, but more overall the season, is the one going through, and that's probably good. Hmm. I don't know if I'm messing yeah, up. Yeah. Order. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that it definitely seemed like the the better team over kind of the later half of the season. One, I felt like Reno was a lot more stronger, especially from Real Monarchs. Yeah, they kind of fixed it a little bit over the past two weeks. But if you looked at like the seven games prior to that, from like October, August twenty fifth onwards, it just didn't look like a playoff team. Or they looked like a team that once they got into the playoffs, they just closed up shop there and kind of left it at that. And especially for Brian Brown to score in the ninetieth minute to kind of add on to the dagger for that, it was just more probably disappointing in for Real Monarchs, a team that all of us had picked to probably win the Western Conference this year. Yeah, nailed it, Ryan. I have one uh, one parting thought on the on the Monarchs. Sure. I, I do not root for them per se, but having attended a match there this year completely revolutionized my thoughts on that organization. Um, I'm eventually. Uh, what's that? For the better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm eventually going to write something about it, um, per my uh, promise to them. But it was, it was really great to see the efforts that they've gone to yeah. to make the club a standalone, mm. fan-oriented entity, um, and being being right next door to that terrific facility where they can host events mm. um, on the on the indoor training pitch. That was really really cool to see. I'm. I'm a big fan of what they're doing over there. I'm too. I'm glad you brought that up because they're like probably the only two side that's doing it like 100% right. As far as like game day atmosphere and still being connected to the, the first team without being a hybrid, you know what I mean? So I think they're, they've got a perfect system going. And if, uh, you know, as an indie side, you know, bias here, I, I think, I hope that a lot of other two sides might start copying that without with the maybe the threat of being sent down to league one if they don't hats off to the investments by deloy hansen what a what a change in the last five ten years it's been really really cool to watch and a bold move to put your money into something like that when you don't oh my gosh yeah Yeah. it's a really neat park i hope i hope a lot of teams not i mean not just two sides but anybody in the league that builds a stadium that nice uh, that's a that's a win. That's going to go over really well. Yeah. I also let's also not forget that they also bought a women's team and moved the. Yep. I don't for, I forgot who they moved over there, but now they're Kansas the Utah City. Royals. The former Kansas City team. Yeah. Okay. I counted at least two billboards driving through SLC the day that I was there, um, welcoming the arrival of uh, two new players at the time. Forgive me, I forget who they were, but I thought I. 
welcoming players on a on a billboard right on mm. the freeway. That's that's connecting to the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done. Good shout. Good shout. Hey Kyle, thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for coming, dude. Yeah, thank I really you, appreciate Kyle. you guys having me. It's been a blast. I like you guys. I like everything about what you're doing. Um, thanks for carrying the torch and uh, and better. Thanks for giving it up. Sorry, <laughs> to it out of your cold, dead hands. <laughs> it, it was it was just that difficult, wasn't it? Oh my god, it was terrible. <laughs> you were like, "Yo, can you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> That was about verbatim the conversation we had back in January. Pretty close, pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> hey, gents, thanks again. Can't, yep. wait to, can't wait to see the rest. Our dear friend Kyle Kepner, everybody. One Thank of my you, favorite Kyle. people. Cheers. Bye-bye. There you go. If you didn't know, class now act. you know. Kyle Kepner. What's up? That's a class act, that Kyle Kepner. He's, uh, listen, there's a lot of, of good people in this league uh i certainly would not be as uh connected and as uh nice or carry myself in the same way if he had not told me how to do everything (laughs) so there you go uh moving on to the eastern conference guys real quick just a just a really polite tiny round of applause don't want to kill my levels (laughs) fc cincinnati one nashville sc one your final after penalty kicks, Cincy 6, Nashville 5. Nil-nil after 90 minutes, and then we got fun. Corbin Bone in the 95th. Bradley Bourgeois uh, gets credit for this one, even though it totally took a deflection in the 115th. Uh, Justin Davis misses the last penalty kick for Nashville. I think he went over the bar. Kenny Walker makes the deciding Cincinnati penalty kick, one of the guys that's been there for them uh, since day one, as was Corbin Bone, actually, who had a really sweet shot for his goal. Um chances for both teams to put it to bed in the end of the game and in stoppage time i think brandon allen had one pretty late uh but it was not to be and cincinnati although they couldn't do it in 90 minutes no one could win in in 90 minutes in this series this year since you get their playoff win they'll move on this is their first one right yeah this is their first one First playoff win for Cincinnati. That's that's good. That's that's an achievement. Keep going. No, I mean, we, we all did kind of knew coming in this game that they would struggle, oh, at least to kind of get the result. And Nashville proved to be a tough opponent, like they have been all year. I mean, Cincinnati led twenty-two sixteen in shots, but it was a six-five shots in target lead for Nashville. In fact, Nashville had forty-seven clearances, which is basically the definition of parking the bus. But I actually think uh, New York Red Bulls two in the second round is going to be an easier opponent for Cincinnati yeah. than Nashville will be, than Nashville was. Pony had some really interesting things to say, and I disagreed with him a lot when he was talking about it. But I eventually kind of came around to kind of feel like basically he was saying that Nashville was seated too low as far as, or they were seated lower than than their quality was. And I kept arguing about how they really, you know, kind of crapped the bed a lot throughout the season, had some really bad games, and just couldn't score goals, major problems, right? But but when you think about the teams that could beat Cincinnati, and I feel like there were really only two that were going to have a really good chance of beating them compared to the rest, and that had to be Pittsburgh and Nashville. And now, mm-hmm. you know, one got beat by Cincinnati and Pittsburgh uh, is out. We're about to talk about that probably. But, 
But mm-hmm. I think he makes a really good point that maybe, you know, their seeding didn't match their quality as far as playing someone like Cincinnati. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we all knew coming into this that we felt like Nashville will be one of the better sides of the Eastern Conference. And like you said, Phil, they just kind of crapped the bed in a few matches here and there across the season and ended up with the eighth seed, barely edging at CFC and their way into the playoffs. So we all felt like they deserved at least a little bit higher and in the playoffs. But it is what it is, and it was definitely a tough opponent for <clears throat> Addy. Well, I don't be interesting to see. Sorry, Kevco. I don't really like the term crap the bed because this is a team that had the second best defense in the league. Yeah. Um, the cause, because I mean, for me, like crapping the bed means like they just, they just really sucked. Now, yeah. while they could certainly button it up on their defensive end, the, the biggest issue is that they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a soccer ball. Right. And that, and that's what cost them. I mean, that's what cost them the seating, um, and that's, I think, what cost them this match, too. Like, you've the great, great defense can only do so much if you can't get a goal when you really need it. Yeah. Yep. We'll move on. Um, in what I thought was maybe the worst game of the playoffs, uh, Louisville 4, Indy 11 1. Um, Louisville just looking like they want the cup again, like really bad. Uh, Naomi Cable with a brace in the 29th and the 48th. Ilya Illich uh, in the 42nd. And, of course, Cameron Lancaster says, I can score too, and uh, hits a really pretty free kick in the 73rd. Uh, soon he saw pull things back in the 67th minute to make it 3-1 to one Louisville. But, I mean, at that point, that's just a consolation prize. Thank you for coming. Um, yeah, Ryan, I'll agree with you in the notes. Louisville looks like the best Eastern Conference club uh, coming out of this. Well, if you look at all the first matches that they've played over the past couple years, 2015 and in 2016, they won that first match by a score of 2-0. Well, and then they beat Bethlehem by a fair margin last year to pick it off. So they know how to start. Right? They beat Bethlehem last year 4-0 and 4-1 for this one. So they know at least how to start off a playoff run correctly, that they can at least get serious at the correct time. Now, I guess time will tell if they want to make it to, I believe, what would now be their fourth consecutive Eastern Conference final if they make it this year. They have the quality. I mean, if they can do what they did in the Open Cup against MLS sides, you know, since he is about the level of a U.S. Open Cup MLS side, (laughs) if if we're going to be honest with all the uh, younger players they tend to put in those games. So um, there's definitely a chance. I didn't give them enough credit when I didn't list them earlier. Fair. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll wait for it. Two seconds. Hold on. In, I'll just I'll just ask it. Was this the best game of the playoffs so far? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about battery two seven? Oh, sorry. Uh. No, no, no. Pittsburgh and, and Bethlehem. I, I just thought in terms of the amount of drama and everything that was in this one, this was probably, um, I don't know, really entertaining for neutrals, maybe. It was Pittsburgh's highest attended match of the season. Wow. Oh, interesting. Good for them. Yeah, look, they broke 5,000. That's good. Good for them. 
They even look at the clearance. So they Pittsburgh had 46 to Bethlehem's 37. I mean, you toss in a red card at 119. Yeah, that was... You, you basically go back and forth on the goals when Pittsburgh scores. Bethlehem comes back and equalizes twice. <laughs> and it goes all the way down to PK. So at least I agree with you, Evan, with, in terms of high drama, it's kind of hard to go wrong with that. Yeah, and, and I... I'll go for it, Phil. No, no, I agree too. Go, go. What, what you were about to say? Uh, no. So you know, feeling out process early on. Ben Zemanski gets a header, twenty fifth minute, pretty clear. Michi Golina, uh, it's a really great counterattack. Uh, Nanko wins it off of Hugh Roberts, misses a header, I think, and then uh, plays out wide to Santi Moore, who does well to control the ball first time because it's hit really hard at his left foot, and he settles it. Taps it across for uh, you know Galena and and he he ties it up. Going 105th minute, of course, which they didn't mention this on the broadcast, which I thought was kind of funny. Former Bethlehem Steel defender Hugh Roberts scores a goal in the 105th minute, gets a gets a garbage kind of tap in. Uh, nothing against him; it was just not you know a pretty goal. It's a defender's goal, I'll say. And then uh, what was funny was my stream was on about a three minute delay. So I got a bunch of wow James Chambers like tweets and comments from you guys before I saw it. <laughs> Cuz it was like all right free kick and then I'm like okay well apparently he hits it blazes it into the top corner. Uh really pretty goal from Bethlehem skipper. Uh Joe Holland on a breakaway 119th minute pretty much clean in on McGuire. McGuire comes out uh Holland's first or second touch is way too heavy. And uh, he ends up, I don't want to say he got his studs in McGuire, but he ends up fouling McGuire, McGuire holding his face a little bit. Luckily, he's okay. We go into penalties, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to say these were good penalties. Uh, I don't think either keeper, Dan Lind or Jake McGuire, was necessarily close to making any of these saves uh, until Ray Lee misses the, the kick. McGuire guessed right on that one. But... Um, yeah, Olivia Baizo, of all people, hits the winning penalty kick for Bethlehem Steel after Matt Mahoney, a defender, and Matt Real, a defender, uh, hit their penalties. And uh, Bethlehem advance, and they'll play Louisville City in a rematch of last year's quarterfinal game. Uh, and, and just so everyone knows, Bethlehem will be down in Louisville on Wednesday to get acclimated to another wonky surface. So we'll see. Um, hell of a game. Kudos to uh, to both sides for, for playing their butts off for 120, 130 minutes, really, and the penalties. But uh, happy to see Steel advance, especially with all those kids going out and getting the result in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Also, a, a, uh, I tweeted out, I'm going to happy birthday to Brendan Aronson, who is now officially 18. So there you go. That's why he signed that pre-contract, by the way. Because he can't sign a 17-year-old. Uh, the four versus the five. Hey, Charleston. Sorry, you can't do it. Something. They're just physically incapable of beating Red Bull 2 in the playoffs uh, in any capacity. And was it... Ryan, was it you with the stat or Pony with the stat? Pony. Tony, New York has beaten Charleston in the playoffs more times than Charleston has beaten New York ever. Um, Tom Barlow's sick, <laughs> second first minute. It's back. Uh, the 21st minute. And uh, Red Bull 2 will uh, we'll move on. 
Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Red Bull 2 has always kind of had uh, Charleston's number, and it's really kind of hard to deny it. I mean, the Charleston team will be back. Most I was talking with uh, John from Black and Yellow Post, and he said most of the players are under contract for them, but it, I just have to feel with the battery here that they just – it's unfortunate that second year in a row they fall to New York Red Bulls 2 in that first round. Mm-hmm. Phil, Kev, any, any thoughts on the game or Charleston's just inability to beat Red Bull 2 in the playoffs? I mean, with the battery, Sorry, just kind of... <laughs> Sorry about that. I threw to you and didn't see that you weren't around. That was good. That was good. I told you my kids might interrupt tonight. <laughs> hey, man, it's fine. Kev's also a bit preoccupied, so whatever. Uh... Phil, I have a I have a, a reference for the folks at home. Oh boy, uh, the Charleston Battery are up until last year very much like the Washington Capitals. Okay, and I feel like you could put anybody else in front of them in the playoffs and they'd win, except for the Pittsburgh Penguins, or in our case, Red Bull Two. I think that's a really great great shout, actually, because I feel like Charleston would be safe at home against. Pringles here? Maybe not Cincy. Um, and to be fair, only losing one nothing off a 21st minute goal yeah. is about right for Charleston. Um, you know, we, we talked about it in the preview with Mike Watts. I think everyone that's seen Charleston play a game knows that at home especially, Anheuser sets up the team to sit back, let the game come to you, let the other team run themselves to death, and then capitalize. Um, and it's never a matter who they've had on their on their roster. That's just what they do. Uh, and the only time that doesn't really work for them is times like this where the opposing team gets a goal and they have to chase the game. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And Ryan, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was on a, a I, I happened to be able to get on a bunch of shows last week because they either recorded first thing in the morning or the last thing yeah, in the late at night, um, which was nice and, and for me. But basically, one of the things I spouted off was, Ryan, you were talking about ELO ratings. And I, I think if I heard you right you were saying that charleston doesn't stand a chance in this one right is can you explain that a little better it seemed like charleston was only going to be a slight favorite per the um, elo ratings they're the, actually the lowest favorite of any uh, eastern conference team at just 58 percent. but a lot of that was largely due to just being at home i mean if you look at just pure ratings they would only be like a slight maybe less than 50 percent or less than 51 percent favorite and it seemed like one of those that it just wouldn't match up as well as, say, a Cincinnati over Nashville or Louisville over Indy. That and we were talking all kind of that their seeding didn't really match with the rating being picked up. Like we saw that with Reno out in the West, that their rate, ELO rating was actually higher than Real Monarchs. It's just that the seeding didn't match up. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that you had said that, and I had no good explanation for why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys missed it, uh, Phil, you were on uh, Soccer Today with a uh, uh, friend of the show, Kevin Laramie. Yeah. Um, who I said is he's, I, I love Kev. Uh, and Dwayne Rollins is, is nice enough to, to ask us to come on. Um, and then you're also on Top for Soccer, which was of your own doing. Um it was. But uh Trav and those guys are also wonderful. Promotion there a little bit. And uh man, it's just really cool to see you go out and, and get it. 
um, and that extends to everybody in the network and everything like that, where it's just like we're popping up all over the place. This is really cool. Um, yeah, non sequitur, but but there it is. Uh, guys, are we? Is that it? Did we do it? I think we did it, man. Wow, man. All right. Do we want to? Um, just fewer and fewer rounds after the weeks. Yeah, wait. It only gets smaller from here. Um, I think instead of trying to preview these games because we'll just look stupid and it's uh, we don't know injury reports or anything like that. Um, guys, any final takeaways on on the quarterfinals? Went six for eight in picks. There you go. Good man. Out west, I am super excited about this round of matchups. I think the li- the matchups we have are really good. You know, I'm excited to see Reno face Orange County because mm-hmm. of the interesting styles of play, and then. You know, I'm I'm really rooting for Phoenix to destroy Swope, and I think they will. Um, but it's still like an interesting matchup. Um, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I've been really excited about this whole season because of the st- there's like teams with styles of play. You know, there's like the parity's gone down a little mm-hmm. bit this year, and and you see guys sitting back, you see guys high pressing, you see super athletic, super talented, you know, guys at Phoenix, and you see people with good systems that just work like OC and Monarchs. It's, it's just been such a cool season in the playoffs. It's like we get a little bit of each of those things in the playoffs as well. So that's, it's been, it's, it's a good one. For anyone out there that maybe doesn't know how the next four games will go, on this Friday the 26th, Phoenix will host Swope Park. And then on the 27th, the other three games will happen. In the West, number one, Orange County hosting number five, Reno. And in the East, number one, Cincinnati hosting number five, New York Red Bulls 2. And number six, Bethlehem Steel traveling to number two, Louisville City. I am... uh, Actually, I'm actually really excited for both those games in the East. Um, Only because I think... Red Bull can give Cincy fits because they're a better offensive team than Nashville was. I don't think they're they're obviously statistically not as good as Nashville defensively, but they're not bad. Um, and then really the reason you watch Bethlehem Louisville is uh, because they played last year and Louisville absolutely murdered them. And I know there's only three. Three guys on USL contracts. Technically, if you want to throw in, um, I guess, Mark Mc... Well, no, just Matt Real. So, like, four guys that were in that game last year. But, uh, you know, between them and, and Brendan Burke and Stephen Hogan, uh, they don't forget that one. And on top of that, uh, Brendan Burke and John Hackworth know each other from when Hack was the head coach of the union. So, uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of connections there. So that'll be a fun one to watch. What do you guys? Who do you guys think are going to be the the two teams in the conference finals for the East and the two in the West? Uh, Cincy Louisville in the East. I'll agree with you on that one. And I would love to see Orange County and Phoenix in the West. Yeah, oh, that was kind of who I picked from the start. It just seemed like the Eastern Conference is now set up to have a collision course between Cincinnati and Louisville. Uh, Cincinnati's potential. Or last match against Louisville, and what better way to kind of send it off as an Eastern Conference final? I was just pulling some results in, um, earlier in the season in between the current matchups of the Eastern Conf- of both conference semifinals. Reno beat Orange County in their only meeting this year, and that was just at the end of the season, so that was a 3-1 Reno win. 
Swope Park Rangers beat Andrew Phoenix in their two meetings this year. Cincinnati beat New York Red Bulls 2-2-1 in, in both passes this year. And Louisville beat Bethlehem 3-1 Andrew Neil to nil. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's pretty – I think Cincinnati and Louisville is pretty likely in the conference finals. But on the West, it's really kind of hands up because – as you just said, Ryan, Orange County having a little bit of trouble with Reno in the past and Phoenix having a little bit of trouble with Swope Park. And then for some reason, Swope Park just decides to play actual soccer in the playoffs. I don't know why. They get in and they save it. And then they're like, oh, we're here. We'll yeah, they almost didn't even get in. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, let's play good. What? I hope that Orange County and Phoenix go through. I really would like, I think the most enjoyable Western Conference final to watch just as a pure neutral pure like fun fun soccer would mm-hmm. be to watch orange county and phoenix uh face each other in the conference finals but yep we'll see how it goes i mean i think the uh, league final that everyone's kind of rooting for is cincinnati phoenix yeah as long as phoenix is healthy yeah they need to have asante, cortez, asante yep. and drogba cortez yeah exactly johnson as well yeah, Johnson helps, but they got uh, that guy from San Antonio too on that wing, so it'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, plug this real quick. I'll get out of here. Follow us on Twitter. We actually hit over fourteen hundred people, which what? Um, so thank you, thank you for telling a friend. If you're a recent joining member of a front office of a team, I I don't actually know people, or else I'd say hi to you. Um, thanks for listening. That always freaks me out. Um, and is is weirdly validating because that means we're at least smart enough that you guys don't hate us. So thank you. Um, check us out on Twitter at the USL Show. Um, you can follow us all individually. Uh, Ryan is at ILM underscore Ryan. Phil is uh, either at Phil with two L's, Grooms with two O's, or at STL Soccer Report. Kev is uh, at KMCamish PDX. I myself am at Speak Evan Speak. That's what I do every week. So that's why it's my Twitter name. Imagine that. Um, also, if you want to check out our entire back catalog, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go subscribe on iTunes. It'll be there. Um, Stitcher will be there. I'm reminding Mike to try to get us all on Spotify because that would be nice. Uh, that's a bit of a selfish request, but a request nonetheless. Um, as well as, and if you want to listen to the show before everybody else, theusosha.com. Do that. Also, there you'll find links to our Patreon. Thank you so much if you give us money every month. That's crazy to me. You will also find a blue and orange box, or if you're colorblind, gray and gray box for our good friends at Soccer Loco, which includes a uh, good brother DK out there. Um, San Diego-based retailer, but don't worry. They ship everywhere. If you need boots, cleats, uh, whatever you want to call those, kits, anything like that. If you want to, I don't know, buy a Manchester United Jose Mourinho kit and burn it or something, go for it. Who cares? It's your money. You get to do with it what you want. Um, where else can you? Oh, yeah, but if you really want to listen to the show before everybody else and do it live, friendly reminder that if you're listening to the downloaded episode of this podcast, we go live every Monday night at roughly 9 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, uh, what is that? 8 Central, 7 Mountain, 6 Pacific, uh, 10 o'clock Atlantic Standard Time. So, if you're on the uh, Atlantic Islands of Canada or uh, the Virgin Islands, I believe. Then it's at 10 o'clock. But yeah, uh, check us out there, youtube.com backslash the USL show. You can also find all of our live stream archives there. Feel free. I don't know. Um, and yeah, guys, I hope you had a pleasant quarterfinal. 
and we will see you after the semifinals. Oh, also, uh, real quick, I don't know if we're going to post it on our podcast uh, feed, although we should. Uh, I'm going to sit down with Brandon Miller and a couple of our friends from the network again to talk about goalkeepers and uh, how the Golden Glove voting system in USL should be changed because, guys, the Golden Glove keeper didn't play in the quarterfinals. Anyway, until next week, uh, we only have one rule here, and that rule is don't be a dick. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.